Yeah. Say hello to the bad guy. Bad guy. The good guy coming last place. Nice. Nice. Smell that dope when I pass by. I let my money at a fast pace. All right, welcome to Say Hello to the Bad Guy. I'm your host, Locke, and this is the podcast where we drink, smoke, and bullshit about the life of a historic criminal. Now we're talking outlaws and gangsters. We're not going to cover too many serial killers. That's just a little bit dark for me, and this ain't no true crime podcast. But honestly, you can't call this a history podcast because I'm no historian. I'm just a history fan that does some research and bullshits about it with his friends. So speaking of my friends, let me introduce you to my co-host. So first with us today... We got cancer. What up? What's going on? And also with us today, we got Dam. Hey, what's happening? Welcome to the show, fellas. Welcome you. Welcome to all. We are back. You guys can probably hear. The listeners can probably tell the difference. We're back at Soundsmith Studios over here with the uh, Grammy Award winning engineers and whatnot. Yeah, you know, no nice big and, deal. Nice and mellow. This doesn't have that basic, that basement twang. <laughs> so let's start. Uh, we'll get the drink round up real quick. Now, cancer, looks like you're not drinking today. Yeah, I don't drink on Mondays. <laughs> 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 I like how you laugh. Like, yeah, right. I mean, True. okay. Whatever. I don't know. I just, for some, I just didn't feel like drinking today. Dork. But you, <laughs> yeah, but you did bring a drink. You brought something uh, at least. Uh, well, I smoked some crack before I came in too. Oh, that counts. Yeah. There you go. So, um, but I, I have some New York seltzer to take the edge off the crack. I don't know if it'll work, but it's from New York, and the crack's from New York too. So I figure maybe they'll cancel each other out. And what about you, Dan? What do you got to drink today? Uh, no, I don't smoke crack on Mondays. <laughs> <laughs> no, and we're I'll... laughing because we know that's bull. No, I'm just <laughs> okay. Okay. Stay high for hours. No, I got a Monster Fest. It's a October Fest style lager from uh, Three Floyds. Three Floyds has popped up on the show a few different times. They got some good flavors. It's pretty good. It's uh tastes like October Fest lager. That's my that's my fucking review. One difference in the between the studio and my basement is we can partake mid show, so there will be a lot more uh, dazing off mid thought. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know what? I don't know. But I mean, I'm an October baby, and I like getting drunk. So October style, October fest—that's always my style. And I love uh, horror movies and monsters. So this is that peanut butter and jelly colliding. You're a you're a big Halloween and monster guy too, right? Three hundred sixty-five days a year. Yeah. Hell yeah! See, every time I think you're my dude, we go up another level. <laughs> Hell yeah! I yeah, almost I'm- wore a Halloween mask today. Yeah, I'm one of those. Halloween is 365 days a year, guys. My basement really is Halloween decorated all year round. Hell yeah. Well, so I got, uh, today I got a Bell's Lighthearted Ale. <clears throat> so it's my my go-to light beer when I want to pretend like I'm still drinking a craft beer, <laughs> but uh, I don't want to show up with a Bud Light. You know, so we're like I go that, with the lighthearted. We're that weird scale go from... Not drinking on Mondays, drink lightly on Mondays to, hey, fuck, it's another day. <laughs> I still don't get low-calorie beers. I just don't get it. Yeah, we could tell. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like, yeah. fucking. You were surprised just, locked us. Clearly they don't work. <laughs> well, they, yeah, they don't work. Like, don't give a shit about calories. Like, it's got everything that's in there. Well, especially because I just drink twice as much then. 
Yeah, it's just, it's the dumbest fucking gimmick in history. It's like uh, they had like low carb uh, ketchup. <laughs> it's like it's all sugar. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just, it's the fucking dumbest thing. It's like fat free donuts. Like, it's got tons of sugar, but it's got low fat. It's good for you. Well, I brought this full fat joint. Yeah. Do I at least yeah, get credit for that? That is a full figure joint. That's a Lizzo joint for sure. Some gluten free weed. A plus size Dude, joint. And now I feel like I wish I'd have brought more because I only brought whatever. Well, I, got mine. I don't know. You you don't really fuck with blunts, do you? I mean, I can make an exception. More? <laughs> but South Smith Studios, motherfucker. We... It's South Smith Studios. If Lizzo burns all the way down, then, you know, you can spark up the blunt. All right, well, we'll go ahead and get started, and the bad guy we're covering today is Albert Anastasia. This ain't negotiation time. This is Scarface, final scene, fucking bazookas under each arm. Say hello to my little friend. Oh, God. That's I, not even a nickname, right? I enjoy alliteration. I don't know. Illiterate people bother me. Albert Anastasia. Oh. Ooh, Umberto. <laughs> All right, yeah, I'm going to let you do this before I, <laughs> I rip into that. <clears throat> so we got Umberto Elbert Anastasia, <laughs> a.k.a. the Mad Hatter, a.k.a. the Lord High Executioner. All right, you I'm going to let start. you go for <laughs> I'm going to let you go. I mean. I know we're thinking the same thing, so. They're both sweet AKs in their own right, but together they don't sound like they would be the same guy. The Mad Hatter, that's sweet. I love a Joker, Mad Hatter, Anarchy, let's go fucking crazy, let's burn the world. Mad Hatter, great name. Lord High Executioner, is he a member of a cult? I don't know. And Mad Hatter, without even, like Mad Hatter is actually a DC character, but with, by looking at those two nicknames, you would say, okay, Mad Hatter's the DC nickname. Lord High Executioner is the Marvel one. But Mad Hatter is actually a DC character. So. I'm just trying to think of where those two, like, because you get your nicknames through your actions. So Mad Hatter, okay, he's a crazy dude, whatever. But you don't call... Well, I guess, yeah, if he goes crazy and starts to start calling me Lord High Executioner, you probably would. And that sounds like something the Mad Hatter would do. Where do you get Albert from Umberto? Bert. Uh, racist accents in early 1900s America. I mean, Ellis Island. It's, I mean, I've been called everything right. you can imagine besides my actual fucking name. So I imagine that's how it went. Like, he's probably Sicilian or whatever. Like, Umberto. Albert? Like. Yeah, whatever. Albert Anastasia was born. He was born Umberto Anastasio. On September 26, 1902, in Calabria, Italy. Now, this is one of these ones where <laughs> there's all kinds Do of... Do you want to tell this story? <laughs> yeah. God damn. Yeah, like there's a lot to unpack here. We didn't ask you to talk about him. You brought this to us. So, some sources say he was one of nine. Some say he had nine brothers and then three sisters. I think he may have been one of 12 and three passed at a young age. Okay. And what year was it? <laughs> uh, 1902. Oh, yeah. Well, okay, so yeah, here's what's going to happen. Now that we put stuff out <clears throat> in YouTube, Yeah. every video, some asshole is going to say, these guys need to do more research. No, the problem is I did no too much. No shit. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, yeah, if four different sources say... 
three different things. Yeah. What I do mean, you go with? You know what yeah. I mean? He had a big family. Okay? Not only that, but <laughs> we don't know who we're covering until we get here. Right. So, so I off. would need to do more research. And I mean, there's only so at, much research you can do. At the end of the right. day, I mean, we're big picture people. The amount of babies really add up to the story. <laughs> Not at all. So what's it matter? His father was a railroad worker and he died after World War One. So Anastasia and his brothers, they start working on these like tramp steamers that would go like across the ocean and shit. That was my nickname in high school. <laughs> Uh, other than that's like a horrible job at the brothel. <laughs> yeah, I had that job. Just gotta steam them down. Ah, the fumes you would smell <laughs> just get stuck in your nostrils. That's yeah, yeah. bad. And uh, they did that for a while, and then in 1919, him and two of his brothers they landed in the Brooklyn docks, and they just said, "Hey, just jump off this boat yeah. real quick." I'm not getting back on this boat. <laughs> and uh, they just jumped off the boat and illegally. Entered America through the Brooklyn docks. Oh, so they didn't even like dock at the dock. Like the boat was just going by the dock. So they said they just Forrest Gump when he found out his mama was sick. Just they just yeeted themselves right off of the fucking boat. Well, I think they probably pulled up in the dock. Oh, okay. Yeah, so they pulled up in the dock. They were on the boat. And they're well, like, Fuck one it, story go. says that, but the other story says they jumped <laughs> off. <laughs> they did the and Nick swam. Diaz fucking <laughs> marathon. <laughs> Do some research. People didn't even swim back then. So they they moved to America. They come into Brooklyn and they get job as longshoremen in the Brooklyn waterfront. So it sounds good, right? Come to America, the American dream. You get a job working on the docks, right? Yep. I believe that's a Bon Jovi song. Umberto used to work on the docks. And uh, he will end up over in Jersey, spoiler alert, at some point. So oh, <laughs> oh, shit. He could be Bon Jovi's guy, man. He's just out here living on a prayer. Um, But yeah, so the Brooklyn docks <laughs> in the early 1900s was a war zone. So you had, it was like under constant competition between the Irish and the Italian gangs. Ah, I got it. One, one thing said they carry bail hooks as much for protection as they did for dock work. Because they were just like constantly fighting bail hooking each other and it was a haven for gangs because you could steal from the boats a lot because you had to physically move oh, yeah, everything sense, yeah. so then the gangs would move in but you literally fight for like extra shifts it was just a tough living and it was between the irish and the italian like who gets to work today who gets to steal from the docks today damn man <laughs> at some point they, they wind up confusing the fight like i'm gonna work today wait i thought we were fighting to steal this is the work i'm supposed to be in those fights <laughs> Yeah, so, that's, I mean, that's tough. That's actually, you know, like fighting for life, fighting to live. You you might have to fight to go work your hard-ass, shitty fucking job. Yeah. You definitely have to fight for your right to party. <laughs> so even as a teenager, among like these older roughneck dudes, he was like a menacing force. So he was short, but they say he was like real stocky and real strong. Uh, he was described as intimidating with an explosive temper and a short fuse. And they said he had a a cold, dark look in his eyes. Shark's so, eyes? Well, like he a doll's was, eyes. He loved the fighting. He loved the violence. And he had such a short fuse on March 17th, 1921. He uh, ended up getting convicted of murdering a longshoreman in a fight in front of a dock full of people. Hmm. Place for keeps. So he was 19 when he did this? Yeah. 19-year-old. He, got, he caught his first body at 19. Okay. 
Yo, he now, did. was he fighting for work or fighting to steal? Which fights was he in? Just fighting. Did he kill he another even Italian or point. did he kill an Irishman? Uh, it was an Italian say. guy. Oh, so then oh. they're fighting for... Yeah, then what What the fuck were they fighting for? <laughs> well, just because the Irish and the Italian were fighting for the docks doesn't mean that all the Italians yeah, were I mean, on the same page either. Yeah, no, for sure. The guy could have took his afternoon shift. Or a sandwich. Best. Never know. Yeah. Man, we have to stop this olive on olive crime. So... He gets convicted of the murder, and he is sentenced to death and sent to Sing Sing State Prison to await execution in Old Sparky. Man, that was a fast episode. So on the uh, on the scale here, I'm thinking... <laughs> you did kill the fuck out of that one guy. <laughs> yeah. Real quick. Got to Sing Sing. Got a, got a death sentence. So a lot of electric chairs have adopted the moniker Old Sparky, mm-hmm. but the one in Sing Sing is the original one. Yeah. Old Sparky's it's like the, the Fido of electric mm-hmm. chairs. The Jeeves of electric chairs. <laughs> so he goes the Mercedes. To, so he goes to prison, and uh, most guys that go there with the death penalty, they either like go find God or they go chill out or whatever. And he just goes, and they, he just treated prison like he treated the dock, and he's just the new meanest guy there, and he just... Goes in like, stop the it. We don't even work shifts here. What are you doing? <laughs> God damn, dude. So he we, makes he we makes, came here to get away from you. <laughs> Jesus. So he makes a quick impression. And uh there was this guy, his nickname was the Shiv Di Stefano. Ooh. It's How do you get name. that name? Yeah, that's a good name. <laughs> and he, he was the prison barber. Oh. <laughs> I if I'm in prison, I am not letting a guy named the Shiv. Cut my hair. Yeah, you like obviously go to the blade. And we're in Sing Sing, right? Yeah. So who's cutting the hair? The Shiv. Like, he's the, yeah. But I mean, like, an inmate mm-hmm. is cutting and shaving other people? That's typically a prison job, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. Makes total sense. <laughs> I mean, the guards ain't doing that. Before fucking... electric razors, probably, even. Like, is that a minimum security prison? No. Fucking Sing Sing. Yeah, it's Sing Sing. <laughs> That's one of those prisons where they do everything. They do all the he cooking, dies, all dies. the laundry, all the everything. Guards are strictly there to, I don't know, beat up mop. on you. Mop up the blood and beat you No, up. they're not there to mop. That's probably another inmate mopping. Yeah, true. They ain't doing shit. So the, some Shawshank. <laughs> if that roof needs tarring, guess who's doing it? So the, the Shiv, he works kind of as like a recruiter for gangs outside the prison. You know, he finds guys that got what it takes and he reaches out. This guy, this teenager... Is in there just fucking running shit, beating the shit out of people. At this time, Lucky Luciano's this young up and coming guy. But for one, he's known, he doesn't care if people are Calabrian or Jewish or whatever. He works with everybody. It's kind of what he's known for. And he was already forward thinking where he was trying to take control of the docks too, but he was thinking prohibition had just started and he was already thinking, like, look, the real money's in distribution. Hmm. And if we get the docks, we could put together like a real import-export operation and make money on a bigger scale. So we need the docks. And uh, the Shiv is like, hey, I got a guy. He's young. He's badass. He works down at the docks. Only problem is he's doing life. Or, well, he's about to get he's about to get executed. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. problem is he's on death row in Sing Sing. That's a hitch. A bit of a snag. So Elbert Anastasia, well, he was still Umberto then. His case gets brought up for retrial on a legal technicality. Is this a fabricated or are you getting, am I jumping ahead of you? I, no, I mean, I don't know. <clears throat> you know about as much as I do. Hmm. It sounds like a. It's pretty convenient. 
Well, it doesn't really matter. The legal technicality gets the re the retrial. Okay. And then on the retrial, none of the witnesses show up. Hmm. So they're like, "Well, shit." <laughs> I guess this, we got to overturn this conviction, throw you out. No, that was a mistrial, and you're free to go. Wow. Sir. Yeah, I wonder if it was just a stroke of luck that he just happened to be up for trial and that's when they sneak they uh just seized on the opportunity or if they put that paperwork through to get him. I mean I would think if Shiv's got the hookup or whatever, he knows the Andy Dufresne of Sing Sing. He knows who can do that paperwork. Yeah, uh, I'd be interested in looking more into that guy. That's great. You can't keep a good umber toe down though. He's just out here, the working man gets to a scrap death row. It's not gonna stop him. There have been other cases that we've ha- had where things like that have happened. Oh, yeah. It's not the first time, but it's just, it's that's kind of shocking. It's one of the biggest ones. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Like, that's, most blatant. We've had some shit that's crazy, but, like, legitimately convicted. somebody in front death, of yeah. witnesses, in front of people right. watching. You're already on death row currently. Yeah, that's, 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 cra- that's a crazy one. Um, So now he's out, and he's really appreciative, and he's like, hey. Thank you, Lucky Luciano. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and now he's also out on the streets with a rap now, too. Like, he's the guy that was a murderer that, you know, is newly connected. And now he's out there. And uh, he becomes close friends with, like, old school gangsters, like these up-and-coming dudes. Frank Costello, Lucky Luciano, Joe Adonis. You know, these they're younger dudes now, but they're kind of up-and-coming guys. And Lucky Luciano's like, hey, what I need from you is uh, I need those docs. You and know? you can tell it's early on. To the point where if that were to happen, maybe 20, 30 years later, he would be thought of as like, the reason he got out is because he's a snitch. Right. You know what I'm saying? There's no way that you got away, got out of that without snitching. Mm-hmm. But at this level, who's who's there to snitch on? There's It's still early on in the game. Well, not only that, but they know the reason why he got out is because witnesses disappeared. Yeah, true. So, but I mean, you but know. I, I think he missed a, a good opportunity because... They could have just pretended that he did get electrocuted. He was on death row. Then he comes back to the docks, gets a trench coat, starts with those bail hooks. Next thing you know, (laughs) they got a I know what you did last summer situation. (laughs) He phantom of the operas, the docks to get the docks back. A Scooby-Doo situation happens where he scares everyone away. Wham, bam, thank you, Mafia. Luciano does the docks because they're haunted and nobody else <laughs> no, Everybody's staying away there. from the haunted docks. The, who wants to be at Spooky Waters? Nobody wants that. It's eerie. Got a little <laughs> hint of My Bloody Valentine in there, too. Hey, you know, numerous Halloween references. So this is where he changes. He stops going by Umberto. He goes by Albert. And he drops Anastasio and goes by Anastasia. Although his brothers continue to still go with Anastasio. So I guess hmm. Umberto Anastasio did die that day. Well, yeah, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. All right, what we're going to do, we're going to take a quick smoke break, refill our drinks, and we'll be back in a minute. Power, great 
shackles to break out of. They cower, soul of a mob, when they crowd us. Spilling in the street with heat like hot lava. Pop bottles, molecules tossed and rocks follow. Ominous disciples like vipers, they strike quickly. Command me like an army, I'm tearing you down with me. Spit like a barren rulers of bread like Kaiser. Roll with the goal and get beaten like outsiders. These amateur animals swing in the wrong jungle. Climbing the wrong vines mean these lions will snuff you. Concrete wilderness building our own structures. Writing our own order, appointing our own judges. Overthrowing authority, morally lack conscience. Fighting for survival with rivals with throat punches. So he returns to the waterfront. He uses violence, intimidation to grow his power on the Brooklyn docks. Uh, he is known for for basically liking violence. You know, if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life kind of guy. Mm-hmm. So in 1923, he got hit with a gun charge that he did two years on. In 1928, he got charged with a Brooklyn murder. Charges were dropped when witnesses disappeared. Oh, convenient. He gets a lot of this. That'll be a pattern. Missing witnesses? Yes. That is convenient, though. A lot. 
And over the course of the 20s, while trying to start working to secure the Brooklyn Docks, he was suspected of 30 other murders at the time. 30? Yeah. Damn. He was charged with one, suspected in 30. God damn. Well, I mean, down at the docks, he's... Was that one big brawl, or is <laughs> that spread out over time? Like, I mean, God damn. the docks is your hunting ground, you're a violent dude. I mean, slit their throat, throw them in the water. Done. And, I mean, that's a situation where they got all these minorities, all these Irish, Italians just down there beating each other up, just on top of each other, fighting for work. Those people probably disappear on the daily. There's no keeping track of all of them. Now, so, do they have control of the docks at this time? Yeah, so so by the late 20s, he becomes the top union racketeer on the Brooklyn docks. So it takes a while, and we've covered some of these other guys, like uh, Wild Bill, Love It, so the Irish had their turn. Yeah. Uh, Peg Leg, uh... I can't remember his name, but there was an Irish guy that literally had uh, it went by peg leg. So there, there was a different guy, couple guys. But by the late 20s, you know, the mob guys, the Italian organizations had the most guys. So okay. they were able to kind of by volume. So yeah. by the late 20s, uh, he had control of six locals of the International Lawmen's Association wow. or Longshoremen's. So it's a big deal to uh, take over a local. You know what I mean? Like if you're union racketeering. If you get a local, that's a big one. Now he's got six of them motherfuckers. Yeah. And it was all the ILA, which is the Longshoremen, which is the big one. It's a, like a season two of The Wire, you know, the Stevedores. Stevedores, Longshoremen, just depends where you're at. Yeah. So he becomes a top guy for Luciano. There are all these upcoming guys. Uh, he's known for his violence. He's loyal to Luciano. 1931... The Castellamare's Wars break out. And this is between Joe the Boss Masseria and Salvatore Maranzano. And what Lucky Luciano decides is, these are these older Sicilian guys that were like made on the other side. And they come over here and they're still beefing about stuff from over in Sicily. And they don't want to work with, you know, other races. And they don't even like other Italians, you know. Mm -hmm. And these younger guys kind of grew up in America. And right. they grew up around... Different All people. these other kids, yeah. you know, and they're like, look, why are we fighting? For one, we're dying for your war mm -hmm. that you're fighting. That's stupid. And a lot of these guys are my buddies. Like, this doesn't make and sense. And they want the same thing that I do. So. Brother, brother. <laughs> there's far too many of you. I expected one of you guys to cut me off halfway through the song. I was just going to let it rip, man. Because I think as long as What's you sing that, we don't on? need the licensing rights or nothing. <laughs> Uh, There's a guy in a suit standing outside the door. So that's crazy. So Luciano was just woke. Well, it sounds woke. His basic thing was he said uh, he'd hold up a dollar. He said, does this dollar look Jewish? Yeah, exactly. That, does this dollar look? Nope, yeah, it just looks like, like that, a fucking dollar. Commonality. They wanted the same thing. Yeah. Like it well, let me tell you, from. brother, if you look closer to that dollar bill, there's some Hebrew symbols all through it. <laughs> let me educate you, young man, about the Jewish agenda in the dollar bill. There's a character piece, every one <laughs> character piece. <laughs> so, at, at some point, look, Luci deci Luciano decides he's going to end the Calabari's, uh, the Castellamare's Wars by he's got his own group of these young guys that he come up working with. And he's like, look, we just kill off all the old dudes and we'll just take it over. So, on April 15th, 1931, he, uh, he calls his boss, who's Joe the Boss Messeria, he calls him to a meeting at his favorite restaurant. Lucky Luciano gets up and goes to the bathroom and uh, 
a group of gunmen that include Albert Anastasia come in and kill Joe Bo- Joe the boss while Lucky's in the bathroom. Kill him, leave, and Lucky Luciano comes back out like, what happened? <laughs> That's crazy. They fucking killed him. Usually oh. when I come back from the bathroom, my food's here. Hey, how long was I in there? Oh. <laughs> so Is that what the movie Mobsters is about? It is. Like Richard yeah. Grieco? Yeah, yeah okay, it is. So. so Salvatore Maranzano, he's like, since you took out Joe the boss, I'm the boss of bosses. You get to be my number two. Come on over. And then six months later, <laughs> he sends in some Jewish guys because he knows he won't recognize them. And he's got a lot of Jewish friends. And they kill Salvatore Maranzano. And Lucky Luciano and his basically group of younger guys, they take over and they eliminate the old, you got to be Sicilian thing. Mm-hmm. They, they, he puts together a commission. So he divides it into five families. Like, look, New York is five families. Chicago has your thing. We have a commission. It's a national crime syndicate. We're going to handle it like a business. Um, there's rules. You got to have permission to kill a boss. You don't fuck with people that aren't in the business. I just love that first rule is kind of like, time out, time out, time out. Time in. Like, yeah, I know. I just killed all the bosses. That's why I'm going to charge new rule. Yeah. We yeah. don't kill bosses. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> like, what the fuck, dude? Got to know, know the rules to yeah. break them. But you know what? This is what's fucked up about it is It's so weird because, I mean, he's just killing people off. Honest, like, that's like just murdering the old guard and shit. But really... Yeah, that's the easiest way to do it. Hey, these guys suck, man. I'm trying to do, make big moves. These guys are in my way. Like, let's just kill them and start anew. Let's just kill them. But like, it's difficult to find just, a group of people that think like you. Yeah. Right. You know what I'm saying? Or that are willing to be like, okay, you know what? That sounds like it will work. Because, you know, you could say that plan to anybody and then be like, yeah, you're full of shit. <laughs> One, you're not going to do it. Or two, yeah, you do that. But who's guaranteeing that but, you'll be, you're going to move up because that happened. But that's what I'm saying. It makes so much sense. These are the parts, like the weird parts in The Sopranos or the weird parts in uh, Breaking Bad, where all of a sudden you're rooting for the horrible person to do horrible things. Because in your mind, you're like, yeah, that's the easiest way to get it done. <laughs> I think everyone listening is like. Yeah, they're all racist. They don't want to work with Jews and, and Irish or people that aren't Sicilian. Like, they're a bunch of assholes. Just murder them and be done with it. Like, <laughs> it makes the most sense. Just kill them off. Fuck them. Sometimes you have to kill to have peace. Yeah. <laughs> hey, got to crack a few eggs to make an omelet. Exactly. Unless you use, like, a carton of egg beaters, then you don't have to. Oh, I'm trying to make a point over here. What are you doing, the egg beaters? Hey, and egg beaters. The, the only reason that people I'll went with you. it, the only reason people went with it was because when once he killed him off, he didn't say, "Now I'm the new boss." He said, "Look, we'll all be bosses. We'll split yeah, it up." Yeah, and they're yeah. like, "All right, this is cool." And it's cool because we can't kill each other. And, <laughs> yeah, now we can. And the other big rule is: look, we decided as a commission, and even if you don't like it, that's the fucking rule. That's mm-hmm. what happens. So he kind of rewards his guys' loyalty. He gets a family. There's five families. All those guys that helped him build this kind of get top positions. Uh, Albert Anastasia gets a... He's the underboss of the Mangano family. But the syndicate, they now... Since they're going to control all the murder and the killing and keep it business-like, they need a neutral party to handle all this work. That way it doesn't turn into wars. Like, we make the decisions, and then this group does the killing. Yeah. So we need somebody to handle being in charge... Of all the killing. 
so Lucky's like, well, I got a guy. Yeah, yeah. So that's going to be Albert, right? So they put Albert Anastasia in there. And then uh, he works with a Jewish guy named uh, Lefke Buckhalter. And they take over the thing. And they get this group of, it's a it's a Brownsville gang, Brownsville, Brooklyn. And it was a crew of dudes that were Jewish and Italian. And uh, they kind of hired them on. And the reason they liked it was because they could switch up the depending on the situation. Like, yeah. If it's just a Jewish guy, you might need a Jewish guy to approach them. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you might need a Jewish guy because they'll see Italian guys coming. You know what right, I mean? Yeah. So you had just different killers for all these different situations and shit. And uh, it was a group ran by Abe Rellas. He was kind of like the field general. So they would handle hits nationwide. The hits would come in from the commission. They'd give them to Albert. Him and Lepke would sort them out. They'd give them to Abe Rellas. And they had this crew. And this crew, they would do hits so elaborate that... One person would steal the car. They would have backup cars. They'd have a crash car to where they were following. And if the police came, like if the police started to get onto them or something, they'd just crash into the cop car. So the other guy would get away. And then they dealed with that as a crime. Like, oh, my bad. I didn't see you, officer. Mm -hmm. But in the meantime, the murderer is going away. Yeah, uh, Vehicular picks. And uh, they had surveillance. They had lookouts. And it was all separate. Like, So a guy might steal a car. And then two days later, pick it up and drive it to a warehouse. And he was like, that's my job. Well, in the meantime, he stole the car that they used for the hit and then later drove the body back to a warehouse. And probably each of them only knows their one role so that they can't roll over on anybody because they don't know any more than that. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. So, so that was like the- in Reservoir Dodge. I got another Mr. Purple working another job that you don't know about. <laughs> So often members, they, they wouldn't know the target involved in the hit at all. So everything was clean. Yep. And uh, the group becomes known as Murder, Inc. Never heard of it. <laughs> you mean Ja Rule? Yep. Ashanti. Uh-huh. Ashanti and Albert Anastasia. Oh, man. So what you would say is um, Alberto was kind of like Dame Dash. Or no, that was... Uh, Irv Gotti. Well, yeah, Irv Gotti. Yep. But he believed in being a hands-on boss, too, because he didn't like... Being able to distance himself from his work. He loved his work. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we know. Yeah, he <laughs> now, is this when he became Lord High Executioner? Because this sounds yes. like he's a Lord High Executioner. Yeah, so... Which sounds way better than Kill Manager. The, yeah. the press called him the Lord High Executioner. Jesus. Damn, they just the, wanted to throw more words. They used to be, well, they like, they used to be better count. with nicknames, man. They had a word count. They had to reach, like, all right, this is a three-word nickname. We got to throw... I mean, like, you're talking about, like, we've yet took a while to surpass Jack the Ripper as a nickname. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Like, they're just, the press back then were just so much better with nicknames. Well, at this point, they had so many killers, so they had to, like, soup it up. Like, no, this guy's more than super killer. No, we already have a super killer. (laughs) Damn it, what's different? The press called him Lord High Executioner. His guys called him the Mad Hatter. Well, yeah, different levels of, Right, of dealing with this guy. Yeah, yeah. Which is so weird because he sounds more like a Riddler type guy to me. So, in 1932, he was... In terms of planning. (laughs) I've seen your wheels turn and you're trying to figure it out. In terms of intricate plans. I see you. In 1932, he was charged with murdering a man with an ice pick. The man was with an ice... The man had an ice pick? No, he, he killed him, him with an oh, ice pick. Oh, he is the ice pick the murderer. Is that an ice pick? That's <laughs> my ice pick, motherfucker. He's like a bull. Ice picks are red. Like ice picks might have been hard to get. Might have been hard to come by. Uh, the next year, he was charged with murdering a union rival. 
both cases dropped. Witnesses? Witnesses. Yeah. Black yeah. Witnesses, those those witnesses are so hard to trust. They picked just... the worst place time to play hide and seek. In 1935, Jewish mob boss Dutch Schultz, he was fighting a tax evasion charge from federal special prosecutor and feared mob buster Thomas Dewey. That You now, know that's for sure Thomas Dewey. I mean, you could have waited to show the picture, for God's sakes. He looks like a human French bulldog. <laughs> Oddly enough, he's from Michigan, too. Ah, you suck. And he tells the commission, he's like, look, Dewey hates the mobsters, and he's not going to stop until we're all in jail. So we should just kill him. And the commission's like, no, we don't kill police officers, federal mm-hmm. officers. That's bad for business. It's going to bring on too much heat. We're not going to do it. And Dutch Schultz says, that's bullshit. He's not going to stop until we're all done. I'll kill him myself. And he leaves. So Albert Anastasia eventually comes back to Lucky Luciano. And he's like, hey. So Dutch Schultz came to me and he said he kind of wants to kill him anyways. And he wanted me to check it out. And I did check it out. And in case you were wondering, we can do it. So he staked out his federal prosecutor, Thomas Dewey, for like weeks. Like they say, like would borrow like fucking buggies and shit, like baby buggies and shit to walk wow. by, acting like he's a guy walking down the street and taking notes and shit. No shit. And he's like, well, look, I can kill him, but I know you said no. And I just wanted to let you know that Dutch is still trying. <laughs> Wait, I just want a second to soak that in. That this guy loves assassinating so much, he went on pretend assassinations, like, just to see if he could do it. <laughs> like, he got in fake fucking strollers and shit, like, extra characters. Yeah, this is the montage ropes. part of the movie. Like, knowing damn well he's not supposed to kill this guy. He's just doing it for the love of it. He's like, you know, I wonder if I could. Like, this guy is all in it. So... The commission gets back together. They have a six-hour meeting, and then they decide, all right, fuck it. We're just going to have to kill Dutch Schultz because he's not going to listen. He's not listening. So this hit goes to Murder, Inc. October 24th, 1935. Dutch and two of his men were gunned down in the Palace Chop House in New Jersey. Had to be pretty unanimous if he didn't even find out about it. What's funny, I forgot to mention this part. So when when he first brought it up, he was like, hey, we got to kill this guy or he's going to come after all of us. Everybody said no, except for this guy named Gura Shapiro, who agreed. He said, if he's first, we're next. And Albert Anastasia was like, well, I'm in. I'll do it. So it was Dutch Schultz, Albert Anastasia, and then the other guy. But then they talked about it, and they voted to down sub. It's like, all right, well, all right, I'm with you. We're not going to do it. But Dutch Schultz was still like, nah, I'm going to fucking do it. And then that's when they're like, okay, we just come up with these rules. Yeah, yeah. You know the rules, motherfucker. (laughs) So we're going to kill you. But... Dutch gets killed before they could prosecute him. And Dewey gets fucking pissed. And he immediately just turns his attention to Luciano. And uh, he gets him on some fucking brothel charges that he turns into some racketeering shit. And in 1936, Luciano, kind of on some bullshit, ends up getting sentenced to 30 to 50 years in prison. That's such a weird, fucked up situation. Like, no, Dutch Schultz wanted to kill him so much. That they end up having to kill him, but killing that just brought on the attention that they didn't want in the first fucking plate. Should just let Dutch Schult kill the motherfucker and took the heat anyways. Fuck you, Twenty twenty hindsight. All right, that's the end of part one. We'll see you next week for the conclusion of Albert Anastasia, the Lord High Executioner.
Yeah. Say hello to the bad guy. Bad guy. The good guy coming last place. Smell that dope when I pass by. I let my money at a fast pace. Say hello to the bad guy. to be dad spent my birthdays in the trap we had to work with what we had she been working on a raise while trying to raise me like a man plus my daddy in the box and all my cousins in the cam man. and i don't need a hundred friends i just want a hundred bands a hundred jugs a hundred scams hey hey so out of money grabbed a hundred hams Said I don't money, grabbed a bunch of And bands. I ain't wanna fall victim to that system or the pistols. Fuck a judge with a grudge, I'm blowing crud for my mental life. Ay. And I still keep it on me, run into your big homie, first you meet your dead homie. Yeah. Say hello to the bad guy. bad guy, the good guy come in last place. Last place. You smell that dope when I pass by. Pass by. I like my money at a fast pace. Say hello to the bad guy. Bad guy. Fast lane, let my money at a fast pace, look like a drag race. Control up in my eyes, right? I'm in my bag. Hey, good girl, bad face, slim waist, and her ass fake. Hey, and she in love with the bad guy. Hey, but bad bitches never act right. Hey, she act up into that bag fly. Did a turn around at one night. Yeah. Say hello to the bad guy. Hey, Good guy coming last place. Smell that dope when I pass by. I let my money at a fast pace. Say hello to the bad guy. Good guy coming last place. Smell the dope when I pass by.